one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program, recorded live in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. Sports talk without the trash talk. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Thanks for being with us on this final weekend of August 2018. The summer is quickly drawing to a close. Schools are going to be back in session soon. And Zach, I don't know if I'm happy or sad about that. There's something nice about getting back into a routine, but there's always something sad about the end of a summer. Yeah, I agree. And although I got to say, now that I'm not in school and I've been out of school for a while, it doesn't bother me as much when summer's over. And your children are preschool. In a couple of years when they're in school, you'll look forward to school starting up again and the end of a summer. Have you ever been caught up in something, doing something which you really didn't want to do, yet before you knew it, it was too late and you were there exactly where you didn't want to be? Ever happened to you? Oh, all the time. Happened Friday night in Minneapolis, seemed to anyway, to boxer Curtis Harper. Only Harper wasn't having any of it. He was scheduled to fight F.A. Ajaba. I hope I even sure. came close. <laughs> sure. Nobody knows. He's not listening. On a national television broadcast, Harper decided he didn't want to fight. Both fighters had em- entered the ring. They went through the introductions. They bumped gloves. They returned to their corners, leading up to the opening bell of their six-round bout. But as soon as the bell rung, Harper ducked under the ropes, left the ring, and bolted right on out of the arena. (laughs) I haven't seen the clips of this, but I need to find it like immediately. It's been reported that Harper left because he wasn't paid enough and that he wants respect. Respect? I'm not sure uh... you're getting any respect after bolting the arena. In fact, you're probably not getting paid, and more than likely you're going to end up suspended by whatever boxing association Mm -hmm. you're involved with. You recall the scene in the movie Bull Durham where the team is playing poorly. Kevin Costner's character, Crash Davis, decides what they really need is a rainout. So he and a couple teammates break into the stadium and they turn on the sprinklers. Well, I'm not sure if someone did exactly that. And if they did, they didn't get the rainout they wanted. But what they did get is a 30-minute delay to Friday night's Indian Royals game in Kansas City because the fountains they have there beyond the outfield wall sprung a leak. It was enough of a leak to flood the warning track as well as the Royals' bullpen. Those fountains, I've always looked at Kauffman Stadium as something. I'd really like to go there. I like those fountains are beautiful back there. Yeah. You never once think about them leaking, but isn't it shocking that it hasn't happened before now? It kind of is. Like, I never thought of it. Like, I've been there a couple times, and they, they are beautiful. It's a nice ballpark to see a game in. But you don't think about them springing a leak or anything because they're just there. They've always been there. But now that you say that, I'm like, wow, they're those are pretty old. I can't believe that hasn't happened before now. Seemed odd to me. I was shocked that it had it happened before now. If you'd like to contact the show, probably the best way to do that is message us through social media or by visiting our website. Social media is at BTG Program. Website is btgprogram.com. Thanks again for being with us. We're going to let you hear from a few sponsors who help us pay the bills around here. 
But coming up today, we'll talk about the Urban Meyer situation in Ohio State. Zach's got another round of shenanigans statements for you, and we're going to tell you what it is that we like from this past week in the world of sports. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, sports talk radio program with a faith-based perspective. Did you know that regardless of where you are, you can listen to the podcast by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. You can also find it on iTunes and other podcast sources like Google Play. And, of course, you have the option to subscribe, have it downloaded automatically each and every week. The podcast is downloaded and listened to regularly around the world. In fact, last week's show was downloaded in Ireland, among other places, just as it is all across the United States in such places as Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Former defensive end John Matusak from Oak Creek, Wisconsin, two-time Super Bowl winner with the Oakland Raiders, played back in the 70s. If you didn't know him as a football player, you might know him as an actor. He was on such shows like Dukes of Hazzard, The A-Team, and a couple other movies such as John Cusack's One Crazy Summer and most famously played the sloth in the movie called The Goonies. That's John Matusak. I do definitely know him from that. Yeah, see, that's where you would know him. To all the other fine, upstanding, highly intelligent, good-looking people in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, we thank you for listening to the Beyond the Game program. And wherever it is that you're listening from, we thank you as well. Here is my good friend, Zach Barletta, with this week's shenanigans statements. All right, truth or shenanigans, none of this winter's mega Major League Baseball free agent class will get the big record-breaking contracts that we've all been predicting. You know, Zach, I agree they will not get it, but I'm not sure I want to be included in the we. And I'm not alone in this, but I've said for some time that those big contracts are simply not sustainable long term. And it results in teams being handicapped in terms of signing other players. 
And I think what you're seeing now, by the way, Bryce Harper might be the one exception to that, but you're talking about markets that can absorb it. Perhaps the Yankees or Phillies, but even with the Phillies, they have so many young, talented, low paid players. Mm -hmm. Eventually those talented players are going to need to get paid. You've seen this trend here, maybe it started last year, maybe before that, where guys weren't being signed during the offseason. In fact, many players had their own spring training because they had no team with which they were signed to train with. So teams are preferring these young, talent-ready players over giving veterans multi-year contracts. So, yeah, I, I do think that we're not going to see those record-breaking contracts. I think we will see at least one. I think Machado gets one because he crushed for Baltimore. He went to L.A. He's continued to crush for them. Someone who can play shortstop and third base and hit at that level at his age. I think he might get it. I can't see Harper getting it, even though he's just crushing right now. I think the first half of the year when he was hitting, what, 220 or 230, I think that's still going to color a lot of people's opinion of him. Clayton Kershaw is not going to get it because that guy just can't stay healthy for a full season anymore. He's the oldest of those three guys. Uh, I think we'll see Machado get one. I don't know that it'll be the $400 million that we had originally thought, though. Next, the Washington Nationals traded Daniel Murphy to the Cubs this week, let Matt Adams go to the Cardinals on waivers, but they held on to Bryce Harper after the Dodgers claimed him. Truth or shenanigans, the Nats should have traded Harper at the deadline. What do you think, Zach? I think so. Uh, I think what we're watching is a team whose season is pretty quickly spiraling down the toilet. And I think that they are going to need to sort of blow it all up, start fresh, get new personalities into the clubhouse, get new talent into the system. And look, Bryce Harper was the best chip that they had. And it looks like they're probably going to lose him after the year for just a draft pick. I agree with you. I think they should have traded him, though I disagree with you that that they need to blow it up and start over. I don't think they're all that far off, but I think they should have traded him. I think they, you know, if they thought they have a good chance to sign him in the offseason, well, then why not? What what do you lose by you're taking a chance letting him walk for nothing? At least get a couple players back, get some talent back for him, and then re-sign him anyway. Uh, yeah, I agree. They should have traded him. Speaking of bringing players back, the Raiders and Khalil Mack still appear to be at an impasse as Mack holds out for a contract extension. Trade rumors are flying as Mack works out in Buffalo during his holdout, where obviously he played his college football. So truth or shenanigans, the Raiders will trade Khalil Mack. Nah, I, I, shenanigans on this. They'd be crazy. Mm -hmm. They need this guy. They absolutely need this guy. They can play tough. They can try to force him to come in, come into terms, but... I think they need Khalil Mack more than Khalil Mack needs them. And ultimately, I think they yield and I think they sign him. I actually agree. I, I think that they will trade Khalil Mack because it's the Raiders. It's John Gruden and Mark Davis, and those are two crazy people. <laughs> and their haircuts prove that, if nothing else. And look, they're crazy not to have already signed him to an extension. So it's crazy that got them this far. I think eventually they follow through with it ship him out for less than what he's worth because they're the Raiders and they will continually spin their wheels. That's that's honestly what I think is going to happen. Whether they it's are Buffalo a couple or not. of guys that tend to dig in and just, they're not moving. So, man, they need that guy. They really do. They don't have much else on defense. There you have it for this week's shenanigans. Come on back. We've got a lot more to talk about on this week's show. I'm Benson. Guy across the studio is Barletta, and you're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Thank you.
Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. Sports talk without the trash talk, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Regardless of whether or not you are a fan of college football, you've more than likely heard that Ohio State has suspended their head football coach, Urban Meyer, for three games. And if you have heard, I suspect there is a pretty good chance you have an opinion on whether or not three games is appropriate. Since the decision came down in the middle of this past week, it has been the topic of which has dominated all of Sports Talk Forum, mm-hmm. and I have heard everything from it's fair, mostly from Ohio State fans, to it's outrageous. Now, I'll say this. I don't think it's fair. And by not fair, I mean it's nowhere close to appropriate, in my opinion. But I will also say this. I'm not sure Meyer should have lost his job. Now, before you scream at your radio or you start sending hateful emails my way, I would say that I would have, I would have no argument if Ohio State decided to take the high road, and they did replace their football coach. But did anyone really expect that to happen? Of course not. Ohio State currently has one of the very best, if not the best coach in all of college football. You can throw a few names out there, but he's is definitely included in that. There's way too much at stake. There's way too much money involved for them to have just fired him. To think for one minute that Urban Meyer was done at Ohio State is foolishness. Well, well, yet anyway. Now, I think his reputation is severely tarnished. I think his legacy is brought into question. And there are there are some things which time you just sort of forget about them and the outrage and the emotion sort of subsides as the years go by. But I'm not sure this is one of those situations. And I, I wonder if over time those questions surrounding his legacy of the program there and the hit to his reputation, if, if if there'll be enough for him to to just walk away after a couple of years, I, that might be tough to coach under. At the very minimum, look, he was wrong. He lied, and he handled everything as poorly as somebody could handle something. Even his original statement after the suspension was announced was so poorly thought through that he failed to apologize to the one person that he probably needed to apologize to most, and that's Courtney Smith. So poor, in fact, that he had to issue a second statement apologizing to her, which he did through Twitter. And I don't I don't know. Is Twitter an appropriate forum for that no. among today's culture? No. See, to me, I think an apology through Twitter is like a Facebook invite. I'm not really giving you mm-hmm. any consideration to that. 
it was shameful, absolutely shameful for a coach who did what Zach Smith is reported to have done and who put his former wife through all that. It is shameful for a coach to cover it up, to look the other way. Urban Meyer is sleazy. Ohio State had every right to let him go if that's what they had opted to do and find a new coach. They didn't obviously do that. The Buckeyes are one of the great programs in all of college sports. They deserve better than having Urban Meyer as their coach. But again, that was not going to happen. A three-game suspension to me is weak. Three early season games, Rutgers, TCU, Oregon State, uh, games which the Buckeyes probably have very little worry about losing. And he'll be back long before, well, two weeks before their date with Penn State rolls around. But what is appropriate? I suppose it's all very abstract, very arbitrary. Three games is light. The whole season would be more appropriate to me. I think he ought to be gone for the whole season. Should he have been fired altogether? Well, I would be fine with that. I'm not sure that's appropriate either. He lied. He handled it badly, very badly. But Urban Meyer allowed himself to be influenced by the blind loyalty to his late mentor, Earl Bruce, who happens to be Zach Smith's grandfather. Earl Bruce passed away just this past spring. Did that have something to do with Meyer's decision to protect Zach? Probably. I'd think so anyway. Meyer's crime was protecting a dirtbag. And in the process, he became a dirtbag himself for covering it up, for turning the other way, for not stepping in and holding his assistant coach accountable for his deplorable actions. Is that a fireable offense? While I would have admired Ohio State's integrity in doing so, and while I personally may think that is what they should have done, I just don't think it's as obvious that it's an automatic as others do. Meyer didn't beat his wife. Yes, he covered up someone else's, and and that is probably nearly as bad. I'm just not sure Ohio State should be expected to fire him, though I would have. Now, I have no respect for Urban Meyer apart from his ability to recruit football players to coach a football program, when he tried to blame his medication for forgetting certain details and forgetting about what happened, yeah, around, that no was, that's laughable. I mean, how do you coach college football if all that's the truth? How do you remember plays? How do you remember which recruits you've called and, and didn't call? I, that, that just makes no sense to me. You know, and that's why I would have fired him. He's not worthy of respect. The thing that kept coming back to me as I was getting into this Urban Meyer situation is the Penn State situation with Joe Paterno. I know it's apples to oranges and and, and the things that were covered up, but at the same time, Joe Paterno, the thing he was guilty of is he knew what his assistant coach did and he didn't take the right steps. And they, they got the nuclear option. You know, he lost his job. He lost all his wins. His statue was taken down and stuff. And you compare this to that, and Urban Meyer gets a three-game suspension against weak opposition. It just seems incredibly light to me. As the head of the football program, Meyer is expected to be a good example to the entire team of young men who play for him. He failed at that. He's expected to be a good example to his staff. He failed. He's expected to be a good example to a nationwide following of Buckeye fans. He failed to his wife, to his kids. He needs to be a good example. He failed. You see the trend that's happening here. Hey, what now? How does he go into a living room and try to recruit a player who lives with a single mother who is single because having left an abusive situation? Mm-hmm. What, are you going to tell her that you're going to set the standard for her son? Hey, how are you going to go into any living room and tell somebody about that? The integrity is gone because he and Ohio State 
prioritized football over doing the right thing. And the main reason, though, I'll tell you the main reason it's so hard for me to say Ohio State should have absolutely fired him is because I'm not all that much different from Urban Meyer. And maybe neither are you. Sure, maybe we would not have covered up domestic abuse, but depending on the cost, maybe we would have. Mm -hmm. I I can't speak for you, but uh, think of the sins that you do cover up. Are you hooked on pornography behind your wife's back? Are you a liar, a cheater, cutting corners maybe when it comes to work performance? Are you a card-carrying Bible believer on a Sunday morning, never mentioning the dirty jokes, the uh, overabundance of alcohol, the the lustful places your mind goes all week long that you're just covering up and, and not even mentioning? As a believer in Jesus Christ, we are expected to be good examples. We're expected to be imitators and followers of him. First Corinthians 11 one says, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Every believer gives an example for other Christians, as well as for those who are not saved. It could be a good example, or it can be a bad one. We can either glorify God in our lives, or we could potentially blaspheme his name. Every Christian must be aware of the fact that he or she could be the only evidence of Christ that a non-believer will ever come in contact with. It is so important to live out Christ's example of being a servant, of being honest, of being someone who loves others. Your good example may be the very thing which makes an unbeliever wonder what it is that you have that's so special that they want it in their life too. As followers of Jesus, Christians are to be different. They're not they're they're set apart from the rest of the world. That's not to mean they're better. They're just different. Christians are not better. They're simply forgiven. Your loyalty and commitment may be the thing that opens the eyes of someone who does not know what this Jesus thing is all about. Perhaps I'll ask you, hey man, why is this thing so important to you? I see you live your life in an exemplary fashion. You do things different. You don't partake in certain things. And then you can tell them about how Jesus died on the cross to forgive them of their sins. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus came to earth. He lived a life without sin. He gave up that life on the cross to pay for the sins of you and I. He calls everyone to repentance and offers redemption to those who will accept him. That's the grace and love of God. We're all sinners. We're all in need of God's forgiveness, and that forgiveness is available because of his grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you want to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, it's really as simple as calling out to him, admitting your guilt, asking God to forgive you. First John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He was buried, rose again three days later, proving he has the power over death. Do you believe that? Will you accept the gift that he offers and ask God to forgive you of your sins? It comes down to what you believe. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Talk to God. Tell him that you know you're a sinner. Tell him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. Start a new life, repenting from sins and seeking 
after God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. We have it spelled out pretty clearly there under the Know Jesus tab. And if you'd like prayer or you want to know more, send me a note. Our contact information is at that website. Once again, it's btgprogram.com. I'm glad you've allowed us to be part of your day. So glad to have you along for the ride. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through August 23rd. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The semester hasn't really yet begun, so things are kind of quiet in and around Roberts Wesleyan Athletics, though the school did announce that former Lockport, New York high school standout Marion Singleton will take over as the head coach of the Red Hawks women's bowling team. Singleton has enjoyed success both as a player and as a coach, most recently at Damon College, and will obviously hope to continue the same at Roberts. Stay up to date with all the news regarding Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, as well as finding scores, game highlights, and much more by visiting their website, robertsredhawks.com. And don't forget that you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Welcome back to the program. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. Two-time Pro Bowl tight end Julius Thomas is hanging up his cleats, finishes his NFL career with 2,400, just over 2,400 receiving yards, 36 touchdowns, a nice career, drafted by the Broncos 2011, then signed a five-year, $46 million contract with the the, the Jacksonville Jaguars Mm -hmm. in 2015. He did end up playing some time with the Miami Dolphins, but he's not planning to just sit on the beach in Florida and count his money. The 30-year-old plans to pursue a Ph.D. in psychology, specifically to focus his doctorate on, quote, investigating the effects of contact sports on brain trauma and neurobehavioral performance. He said he will also participate in research to identify early warning signs of brain disease, working on CTE. There's a player uh, walking away from football and then doing something as part of a problem, an ongoing problem. Hebrews thirteen sixteen says, and do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Julius Thomas bringing a close to his football career in order to work on doing good for the benefit of it like is what I like this week. What I like this week was a little more lighthearted. A tweet from at J Clark NBCS, who was a beat reporter, showed video of the Cleveland Browns security team practicing their tackling drills for when fans <laughs> run onto the field. i got to say they've got a lot of work to go. You can see in the video that uh, it takes three security guards kind of a long time to tackle the guy. And yes, there is somebody who's paid to get tackled over and over again as uh, to help them with their practice. My favorite part of the clip is at the end when one of the security guys gets up and does a sack dance after tackling the the makeshift fan. So the Cleveland Browns practicing their tackling drills with their security guards is what I like this week. This has been the Beyond the Game program. So glad you could be with us for this week's show. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. (laughs) 